Every once in a great while, a new beginning, a fresh start, an unheralded debut, the blowing of a breeze, the stirring of an echo, something new and different. And a storm is descending on the west coast of the USA. This is the Grapple Podcast. Have a look at how good our set looks, Joel Spreadbra. I'm pretty happy with it, Johnny Manning. Uh, look, let's be honest, we're both Queenslanders, okay? We need to probably recruit a couple of New South Wales friends or to not. represent the South. Or not. And New Zealanders. Or not. Probably not, nah, let's be we'll honest. keep it as is. But Joel. Yes. This week in Rugby League. Oh, yeah. Oh, my golly gosh. We haven't seen a week like this I'm going to say ever in rugby league. Now, mm-hmm. we can take it back to 1908 in Australia when it first started, when James J. Giltonen lured the great Herbert Henry Messenger across from Rugby Union. That was a big coup mm-hmm. for rugby league. State of origin, 1980. Massive. That was a big coup for rugby Massive. league. Massive. Even going back to, I don't know, the previous 15 or 16 years before 1908 when rugby league existed in the north of England. There's nothing has happened that would even come close to rivaling what we're going through this week. Could not agree anymore. It's all about Las Vegas. Oh, sorry. I I thought you were talking about the Grapple. It's all about the Grapple podcast. Yeah, no, it is. It's all about this podcast, but there's there's also... the game's in Vegas as well, mate. That's happening as well, it the is. same week. Yeah. So this podcast is launching alongside Vegas. It's in like tandem. we planned it. It's, it's, we have absolutely zero official association with anything going on in Las Vegas <laughs> other than we're going to talk about it. Yeah. But we are launching in tandem. Yes. And it is, it's kismet. It's not by mistake. It's by design, isn't it, Joel? It sure is. And I, I love it that we're getting in. And you'll notice if you're watching on in this podcast, we're both representing uh, this this week, the LA Mongrel. You're going to hear more about that. So much to wrap up with Vegas. We're going to talk about it. We're going to come back to Australia. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about lots of things. We're going to laugh. But let's just look at America really quickly, Johnny. Because America! Yeah. Fuck yeah! You can say it. It's <laughs> so it started... Uh, a long time ago, there have been many attempts, not many successes. This is probably the most organised, the most brutal, the most, the most, uh, the most brazen. Brazen. I'll that's say. it. That's it's, the word. It's a bold-faced, brazen attempt by Peter Volandis, now not known as a as a shrinking violet himself, PVL, gone over there with both six shooters on both hips, shooting with both hands, saying, "This is rugby league." Gamble on it. This is rugby leg. This is rugby leg. Rugby leg. Make sure you gamble on it. And and please, I don't mean that figuratively. <laughs> I genuinely want you to gamble on it because yeah. that's how we're going to make like the spawn saying, Seriously, go to Las Vegas and gamble on this sport we call rugby league because we all gamble on it here in Australia. They're putting a lot of money into it, 200 million bucks, basically. This is not the first time we know that. We're going all the way back to the 1930s. A great Harry Sunderland. He's so good. He's so revered in the game. There's a medal named after him. Yep. Sent a telegram which was the style of the time. Beep, 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 Dear America, beep, beep, beep. we'd love to bring this great game to rugby Sunderland, league together. A rugby league official from Australia. And they're just like, sorry, a new phone, who dis? They're like, eh. And he goes, look, I'd love to show you this game. I'd love to bring some, some guys over, two games. They, they don't wear pads. They smash each other. It's going to be great. Uh, all I need you to do is pay our ferry through the Panama Canal. We'll get them, th- we'll get them that far and just give us, a, give us a transfer, pay the fees for the guys, and I we'll be there. Nah. You're going to give it a miss. Crikey. We're going to give it a miss. Well, 1987. 
Long Beach, Veterans Stadium, Long Beach, California, an unofficial fourth state of origin is taken to the USA. New South Wales win. Yeah, it's yeah. not counted. Didn't count as a proper origin. Uh, I can remember watching that game. Yeah. And I can remember going, they're going through the crowd, they're interviewing Americans in the crowd who are losing their mind over the speed and the brutality of the game. And then obviously we had a USA team come out in the sevens. In the, in, yes, in absolutely. In the early 90s as well. So there, there certainly have been a couple of four A's over there into the good old US of A. But as you said, this is probably the most organized, the most direct, the most publicized and uh, the biggest. The crossover is massive. Like the crossover between NFL and NRL that we're seeing here where athletes are sort of dabbling across codes as a combine happening, all of this sort of stuff. Yeah. We haven't seen anything like it. When that, that game you mentioned, when they came over and played those exhibition games in the early noughties, yeah. Bill Harrigan called a forward pass for a quarterback threw a ball down the field. He goes, no, 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 it's, no, no. That, what are you doing? That doesn't count. Yeah. That's all gone out the window now. It's like, yeah, no, no, this is the sport. The American fellow was standing in the shotgun. It was just a straight out post route. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> hit him in stride. Yeah. <laughs> Penalty. <laughs> Penalty. Look, um, no one's mentioning Jared Hayne because he's a criminal. He's in prison. He's in prison. But what he did with the San Francisco 49ers was unbelievable. We've sent a lot of punters over from AFL. Mm. Uh, we've sent a couple of linemen over. So there's a couple of big units. Jordan Mylata currently playing for the Philadelphia Eagles ex-league. Colin Scott's yep. another big uh, big body who played as a lineman. The skill positions is where they struggle. Jason Talmalolo went over there and had a try with the Jets. Val Holmes had a year with the Vets. The Jets, sorry. Um, these skill positions, the changeover is so hard. Unbelievably hard. They're so specific in their sport, their, their position, their skill positions. You know, if you're a slot receiver, if you're a, a wide out receiver, if you're a tight end, if you're a running back, tailback, fullback, those skill positions are possibly the most specific positions in any team sport in the world. Obviously, the quarterback. You almost have to grow up, grow up playing it your whole life. There's a there's a rugby union player over there from Wales called uh, Louis Rees Zammett. He's over there looking to to try and uh, cut his path over there, and the NFL is is genuinely trying to make it a more global game. So they are attacking the world. So mm -hmm. there's no Surprised that Peter Volani has taken a, a page out of the Roger Goodell book and said, let's take on the world. Let's take rugby league or rugby leg yeah. to the world. And they're doing it. They've tried so many times. This one is a big one. I love it. Like, you know, 2004, 4,500 4, fans turned up to watch Australia and USA play a pretty tight 36-24 result. I once got told a story by the great Les Boyd. Yeah. He... They played a Super League, well, English League back then, prior to Super League. He was playing for, this is when he was suspended. He was playing for maybe St. Helens. And they played Wigan at um, uh, Lambeau Field in Green Bay. They played a game over there. He, he told me the story because he tried to fight Ellery Hanley on the field and off the field. As he, and as Ellery Hanley wouldn't fly home on the same plane as him. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. They got to the airport in Chicago and Ellery Hanley said, I'm catching the next flight. I'm not getting on a flight with him. <laughs> oh, boy, he, he, was, he was a lunatic. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But anyway, so they've, they've played rugby league over there. And we do have a very, very special guest that we'll get to in just a minute. Mm -hmm. Sure do. all about rugby league in the USA, this fella. It sure is. And, and look, we're going to talk about so many things. Who could make it? Who couldn't make it? Who wants to make it? And, and also going the other way. Who in the NFL could come to the NRL? 
Yeah. Who in the uh, playing USA Sevens women's could play in the NRLW? Yeah. All of that sort of thing. This is this is the most concentrated effort. It has the attention. I think it has the attention of the American market. Maybe not the entire American market, but when you've got NFL players endorsing it, when you've got the likes, you mentioned Colin Scott coming out talking about Scott. some of the potential value, Colin Scott's, yeah. I should say, uh, that the NRL stars could attract on that market as well. It's it's a very, very uh, exciting time. What makes me kind of giggle a little bit is when in an interview, one of these NRL players is saying, well, I'd be open to the shift to the NFL. That kind of makes me giggle a little bit. Because yep. it's, uh, you know, it's it's like the Grand Canyon making a shift. From, what Jared Hayne did, not everyone could do. Very, very He had size, do. speed, athleticism, obviously a bit of footy IQ as well. He was the total package as, as a contact, uh, high-speed collision sport athlete. There's not too many of those guys. So how big is the job of the NRL and of rugby league in general to get a foothold in America? And I think the, that question, you need to go further and say, how big is the foothold rugby league already has in America? And on that note, we have a very special guest. We've got a fellow who can answer that question for us. Coming to us from uh, South Bay of California, from Huntington Beach, is a friend of mine. He's from the north of England. He's a British fella in LA. He is the president of the Pacific Coast Rugby League. He is also the coach of the LA Mongrel, who once again, I'm repping uh, the 2023 jersey here. Joel's got the 2019 jersey this there. This is 2019. 2019 right. jersey. Uh, there is also, hang on, here we go. Here's, that's old 2019 California Rugby League jersey. I love that. has got a bit of gridiron about it, that one. That's exactly right. It's got the numbers on the front and the back, right? Yep, yep. Welcome to the Grapple. Mr. A.D. Cooney, how are you, A.D.? I'm very well, Johnny. Thank you for having me. Excited to talk to you, boys. Well, you're our first guest. <laughs> you are our first, first ever guest. guest. How's that make you feel, mate? Uh, totally honoured. You know, um, wasn't expecting it. Uh, you know, you could have picked anybody leading Anyone. up into this event. <laughs> free could... to pick me. You know, I, I couldn't be any more honoured to to accept it. We've gone for you, baby. Don't worry about that. No, no, I've been talking to you about this for, for a long, long time. And um, let me just say, it's great to see your face. Obviously, speak to you via, you know, messenger and everything pretty regularly, but it's good to clap eyes on you. The last time I saw 80 was in a, um, it was quite late one night. It was okay. in, in, the, in, in London. In, we were both uh, staring down at the bottom of an empty pint glass. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Memories or lack thereof. Hey, 80, what, what time is it there at the moment? You're, you're, you're speaking of late nights. Yeah, quarter past ten PM. Ah, easy. Ah. Just getting started. That's it's it's, it's a, he's in he's in Hollywood, man. He's in yeah. LA. That's when that's when the day starts over there. You've been you've been hard to get though because we say you know you were waiting for the call, but you've been getting calls left, right, and centre. You in in hot demand and with good reason because you can give us some insight and some perspective that we don't really get here in our studio here at River City Studios in Brisbane. Shout out, it's a great spot. It's a brilliant spot. Have a look at this set. This is unreal. It's really good. It's brilliant. It's really special. We don't so, deserve it. Look, no, we don't we're going to need to lift. What's the vibe, mate? You've been out, you've been about, you've seen it, you've felt it, you've got the energy. A bit of a lift in the levels of enthusiasm for rugby league this week, I'm assuming. I think in the, like in the rugby community, definitely. You know, it, I think it's fair to say that if you were to walk down the street in LA, generally, not many people would be talking about it because it, we've still got so much to do to to spread the gospel of rugby league out here um but rugby union rugby league you know lads who are playing women that are playing are super excited for it um and because we've got the nines event that we're going to be running the two days prior to the big games 
there's going to be nearly 600 players that all play in rugby league, you know, and a lot of these are brand new to the game, never played it before. So uh, hopefully then they build from that hype, they go back, you know, they're going, they're going to witness everything that's going on down Fremont Street on Thursday at the launch, and then go back to their hometowns and, fingers crossed, uh, you know, start more teams, which is ultimately what we want. Aidy, I want to take you back probably about five years, maybe even a little bit longer. Um, it's when I first met you and we were in, we're, you know, we got together and we said, okay, we need this, we've got this team in Los Angeles and we've got to get it ready for a game. Is that when you first started this rugby league quest in uh, America or were you doing stuff before then? No, that, that was the, the really the first time we got anything going. Um, I moved here just coming up 11 years ago. Uh, and I remember writing to, I think it was Peter Hillfield at the time, he was the chairman of USARL and saying, look, I'm a, I'm a youth coach back in England. Um, is there any youth programs that, you know, love to carry on? So that my son, who was six, uh, nine at the time, could carry on playing. And I went, um, no, if you want to launch something, feel free, but it's going to cost you a lot of money. And that was it. Um, and I got a, a random message from from Tom, um, I think it was back in June 2019, saying, you know, if you're interested in playing, we're, we're going to have this game. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm a bit too old to be playing these days, but I'd happily jump in and help out coaching. Um, and obviously, Johnny had already been appointed as the, the head coach at the time. Um, so I, I came in to, to kind of work alongside Johnny and, you know, been there ever since. And, you know, we've gone from that one cold, wet, windy, horrible day in San Francisco in December <laughs> To you know, to now fourteen teams out here on the west coast, four on the east, and and like the the like the the North um, American side on the RLU, them coming back into the fall as well. So there's potentially, you know, going to be twenty teams out here next year, which is a great start to where we were. That's unbelievable. That takes us back to the post Super League era. That immediate after, yeah, the immediate year after Super League, there was twenty teams. Yeah, it was, you know, it was. Quite a, great bit, quite a bustling competition. But I, I just quickly, for context, the Johnny that Aidy is, is, is mentioning here is our own Johnny Manning, who was the inaugural coach, I believe, of the Mungrel. Look, I literally warmed the seat for one game until the, the, the real fella took over. He, he's the real man that needed <laughs> to be in charge, and that was pretty clear early on. But um, I, I kind of want to go back to that for a minute because I was approached to play as well, and I was like, oh, you're kidding. You know? <laughs> but in hindsight, mate, I wish I'd played that game. I, yeah. I actually I was thinking about that today because I ended up coming back to Australia and playing a few games over here. Yeah, and I thought to myself, all I had to do was pull my finger out of my ass and do a bit of training, and I probably could have helped the guys on the field a bit better. Yeah, sure. Than sure. I did, but it was played in, as Aidy said. It was this oh, this horrible, wet, cold, and windy night up in was it was it Oakland or San Francisco? It was in Oakland. I think Oakland across the bridge, and, and um, it was on synthetic turf. Oh, you played on okay, and, yeah, and, yeah. And the the um the the lines of the field were really quite um, I guess ambiguous. It wasn't because there was like white lines and yellow lines. We're like, hang on, which line are we playing out of? Anyway, there was a couple of games on that night, and and we had just the bare seventeen. Eddie was just talking about his young son Seth. Yeah. Um, Seth at that time would have been what, like 16, 17? I think it was fifteen. Fifteen, and we, we gave Seth a jersey. You know, and he's playing against men. Playing against grown men. Back okay. then, Seth wasn't a, wasn't a big kid, and uh, he's actually turned out to be a really good rugby league player. So. Where did he play? Where did he debut that night? 
I we honestly the, with the the intensity of where we those Islanders well. were hitting, it, yeah. it wasn't safe for him we, to we play. So we, we held him well. back. Um, okay. But he did play the following year, yeah. and uh, he scored on his debut up at uh, East Palo Alto. So he's he's not a bad guy, and he can kick a goal. We he played uh, last December, and he kicked eleven from eleven. Okay. And bad. anyway, so that night we had the Bear 17 with, with Seth, you know, just basically filling a jersey. Well, he didn't fill a jersey uh, too well back then, 80. And um, no. <laughs> we're playing against the San Francisco team with some guys who actually represented, um, you know, played representative rugby, uh, guys who were playing college rugby. Um, and they actually <laughs> pulled up almost the entire team from the game before and ran like almost like a 15, 16 man bench. And we had three guys that we were interchanging and they just ran a score on us. Mm. And it was demoralizing because I, I remember 80, our first session in Long Beach. I can remember we, we got together and said, oh, okay, I'm not sure what level these guys are at. And said, let's just run a couple of the ruck plays. And within about 30 seconds, we had to go, who knows how to play the ball? Oh, okay. That's, okay. that's the, that's the, that's the level that, that this fellow right here is working with. You know, we talk about you know, trying to build this game. This fella's at the at the absolute coalface doing the, the genuine grassroots of selling this game. 80, I love hearing this. And going from then to now, you're talking about a potential 20-team comp in the very short-term future, which is awesome. What what does that recruitment look like? Where are the players coming from that are filling the jerseys in 2024? Yeah, so there's been, a for me, a definite shift. Um, you know, that first game that we put on, there was... Aussies in there, you know, a couple of Brits, a couple of guys from American football, a real mixed bag. But I think as you look at it now, most of the teams are pulling from people who are based here domestic, um, you know, exclude the, the the Big Islander community up in Utah where a lot of those guys have kind of moved out here um, and not had any rugby to play. But, like, I look at LA Mongrel now and we're 95% pulling from the LA region um, with you know one maybe two overseas players in there, so it's it it's a tough battle. Um, you know, rugby union is still obviously favoured here uh, highly, um, and we've got to find our little window where we can play, uh, where we don't kind of compete. You know, we want to try and work and, and get over this union versus league battle that we've had forever so long, um, and understand that you know when you look at the higher levels of union now, and there are rugby league coaches that are, are, are part of that. Andy Farrell, Mike Ford, you know, Sean Edwards, are all major influences in rugby union. So people are starting to see the benefits, especially on the defensive side. Um, and I, you know, we've gone out and partnered with local teams out here to try and, you know, work with them and their defensive systems. And then some of the guys come over and say, look, I want to play rugby league as well. Or we've even had one or two that said, I just want to play rugby league going forward. And, you know, it's, it's not a battle to, to, um, to poach players. I, I think there are, you know, benefits to playing both games. And as long as we can work out and work together, there's nothing stopping this from growing. I mean, right now, I'd say we've got nearly 600 players coming out this week to play. Mm. There's probably eight, maybe 900 in the country, um, men and women combined. Is not is not a lot. Um, by comparison, there's you know fifty thousand people playing rugby union. Uh, I think in like the, the California regions alone. So, you know, the scope to to get more people involved in this game is definitely there. And events like this week in Vegas, and you know, if we can get it on mainstream TV, or Friday night, Saturday night, when people are sat in a bar going, 
Jesus, shit, what's this? You know, on mm-hmm. the TVs and the bars, and even more people will then start getting interested. And the scope is is massive, but it's you know, it's going to take some time. When you look back at your journey, eighties, how hard have you had to work just to get to where we are now? Yeah, I probably have my wife not watch this because she'd probably kill me if she knew how many hours I put into it. But um, <laughs> no, it's it, it's a it's a passion of love, uh, and it needs more people like that, in my opinion. That you know want to go and launch a team, go find sponsors. You know, I I drive fifty miles up to LA to coach twice a week. Mm. Um, not paid for it. I do have pure desire to, to help these people and see more of the league played. Um, so it, it, it's tough. Um, and the, the sooner we can get out there and get more teams launched, I think that, um, you know, make life a bit easier and people will start finding clubs close to home rather than having to travel like they, they do now. Cause like I said, we pull players from all over just to, to fill those gaps. So, Definitely a lot of work to do, um, but as I say, we, we do it because we love it. I think you're right, though. The the game certainly needs more guys like you who are just willing to sacrifice their own time and, and uh, I guess, you know, money just to try and grow something that they're passionate about. We've spoken about, you know, everyone knows about the games that are going on in Vegas. So Manly taking on uh, the Rabbitohs and the Roosters taking on the Broncos. But, Aidy, that's not the only rugby league that's happening in Vegas this weekend. Can you run us through the schedule um, of the real stuff that's going on in Vegas, yeah. mate? So just before we get onto that, I think it's important to, to tell your listeners that, you know, I look at, and I watch on the social medias and Twitter and all this sort of stuff, and people bag on about the NRL, and they're just here to get gambling money. Um, you know, I, I've been fortunate to work with Brad Donald, Mike Castle, uh, Brad Walter um, and uh, a couple of others that are putting on additional stuff throughout this week, and they are genuinely committed to going the game out here. Um, so I'll say I'm leaving 4M tomorrow to get up uh, into Vegas early. Um, we're going to go out, hopefully catch the manly open open training session uh, in the morning, and then we've got to get to work with prepping for the Vegas Nines, which kicks off 9 a.m. on Thursday morning. Um, that's going to run for two days. So you've got 15 men's teams, 10 women's teams participating in that. Um, knockout phases on the Friday. Um, Wednesday night, there is a NRL refereeing course, which they're putting on for free. I believe Simon Buxton is, uh, is providing that. Um, I know Bucko. He's a great player. Yeah, on, on he never Thursday taught you to referee. Night, Sorry. <laughs> no, I was just wondering why Johnny never learned to referee because yeah. he'd be an excellent referee. I, I, I've um, been banned for life for <laughs> going near referees off the field just because of my treatment of them on the field. Because of your uh, suspend, total total time uh, games spent suspended in Re- your career. Referees used to get fucking sick of me on the You're field. Bad. <laughs> You're bad. You're bad. Anyway, carry on. Bucko's a great guy. And uh, that's amazing yeah. that he's running that course. Yeah, carry on. Thursday night, I believe there is a uh, community coaching course, so the equivalent to the level one, as most people would know it. Um, and then outside of that, there's the NRL launch Thursday night, which is going to be done down on Fremont Street, um, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. They're already advertising that heavily in Vegas, so it should be a massive turnout there. Um 
Friday night, uh, there's two events going on after the nines. There's actually um, two Masters or three Masters games. So you've got Canada, USA, and Australia. Um, they're going to be playing a you know a round robin of of games um, Friday evening, and then that rolls into uh, a recognised test match between the USA and Canada from a, a men's side. Um, so that kind of caps off Friday night, and then obviously people think we're just rolling straight into the NRL game Saturday, but we're actually going to be um, I'm going to be working with the NRL guys on their combine that they've put together. So 25 men, 25 women being invited to go out. Um, part of it is going to be done at the UFC Institute. Um, it's like a full day of testing. Um, and what they've done is they've said that the best two women, best two men from that are going to be invited to go and um, train with NRL and RLW teams uh, in Australia on the NRL's dime, which I think is massive uh, in terms of, you know, opportunities. Um, and then we roll into the event, uh, you know, the big games on Saturday night, which I'm stoked to, to see. Um, and then the, the, I believe they're going to award trophies to the winning teams, both men's and women's teams from the nines uh, in front of what hopefully will be, you know, 40,000 people or so. So That's unreal. Okay, massive so week. That's um, huge. I'll, I'll get a few beers Saturday night, uh, I think, at the end of it. And, oh, uh, oh, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, We'll get you on the sideline. We'll do a live cross. It won't be live, but we'll we'll pretend yeah, it's live we'll next week. Li- right. And yeah. as live, I'm, I've just been taking down everything you're saying there, uh, Coach. Like with that entire schedule, when does the like copious drinking and gambling? What? Where is that in the? I can't see any space for that in the in the schedule. <laughs> no, don't yeah. worry. They'll find the time. Yeah. You, you, you might as well be in Bakersfield. There's no point doing this in Vegas, mate. Well, I, I commit to doing this and supporting the, you know, Brad and Mike when they they kind of came to us, and Dustin's also assisting from Rugby League in America yeah. podcast, who are broadcasting um, the nines, right? He's broadcasting the nines, Dustin. Yeah, yeah so that's it, great. We, we we're working out we're going to have a minimum of two fields live streamed. Hopefully, get the third one done uh, by Friday. Um, but you know, I, I'm going to miss that launch party on Thursday night because I commit to helping with the uh, the coaching course, and that that's the whole purpose for me going there this week. You know, I can go there and party whenever I want. It's an hour flight away, um, but I don't get to go and participate and do this sort of stuff with rugby league, um, uh, you know, and be exposed to these people. And I think it's really important that I, you know, I, I focus my efforts on that. You know, not just my team, but. Uh, from a national team standpoint, uh, identifying, trying to find, you know, the future women um, and obviously helping grow Pacific Coast Rugby League because, you know, the sky's the limit for us on there and I'm keen to get more, more teams involved. AD, uh, AD Cooney, this is the Grapple podcast. You're hearing from the Doyen of LA Mungle. He means business, uh, this guy, doesn't he? sure he? does. I love what you're saying. I, I, what you're saying before about the player pool, the ever-expanding player pool, I'm really interested in what they're – perception of the NRL is because whenever we hear it from over here it's like oh those blokes love to run without pads and pull off the odd they pick each other up and they drop them on their head no oh, geez it seems like a bit much but is there a genuine desire over there for players to come and play here to make it in the NRL or is it just all about let's let's build the game here uh let's see what let's see what we can get to off the back of this so I think if you cast your mind back what two years ago when uh, they were going to launch NARL, uh, which was 
slated to be a professional competition year, and I think each team was going to get a fifty thousand dollar budget a year, if not more, to yeah, to, to play. And the buzz that that created, whether you know whether it came off or not, is irrelevant to me at this point because you could see athletes, rugby union players, going, "I want to go and play professional." You know, this is my dream ticket. Um, you know, they all want to have that status and throw it on the social media profile. I'm a, I'm a pro rugby player. Um, and, you know, the MLR here on a rugby union standpoint have done a fantastic job of uh, of doing that. But, you know, I think that there's still a long way to go to get to the levels that potentially the NRL can deliver. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to need to get some more of like the, the Aussie domestic teams and major teams involved here and start build partnerships and, you know, really get involved with with growing the game. Because what, what we can't let happen is this event happens this week and then they bugger off back to Australia and we hear nothing for 10 months and then there's another two months buzz leading into it next year. But we've got to see continued effort from these teams and these people who are involved in this uh, to help grow the game here. Uh, and, you know, and then ultimately, you know, if they're looking for the next big thing, the next big player coming out of the US to go play in Australia, they'll find that. But you can't ignore what they're doing here. And, you know, for us, mm. World Cup qualifications just around the corner for both men and women, wheelchair. Um, it, it, there's a lot going on. There's been massive changes to the national governing body and the, the governance review, and there's some stability there now with some really good people on the board. Um, David Abo, who's part of PCRL, has just been appointed the interim chair, brings an entirely different level of passion to, you know, to, to the game here and, no disrespect to his predecessors, I think you know he's gonna he's gonna help drive things uh, in a slightly different direction and gets hopefully get some more eyes on that. Obviously, there's still some legacy board members on there that will continue to to really focus efforts and deliver in different parts as well. So a lot of change in the states this year, rugby league wise. Um, you know, it's like a new era, and like Johnny talked really early on about David Newey. Those guys, if they hadn't have, you know, had the boss to set it up many, many years ago, we won't be where we are today. So I kind of tip my hat to those guys as well. Are you still talking to David Abo? I, I thought he'd be off your Christmas card list. Are you, or do you call it? Is he in your phone as Judas Abo? Because yeah, he, he he was no, a mongrel. Well, Abo was a mongrel. Oh, okay, All now right. he's a West LA Jackrabbit. You're kidding? Oh yeah, he's he's gone and started. He's jacked off the mongrel. He's jacked off the mongrel. You're gone joking. over there and started West LA Jackrabbits. So I oh. thought I don't think you'd be talking to him, mate. What a diplomat you well, are, eighty. <laughs> it, it's not about me, and, and I've always been, you know, honest with myself. You know, if people don't like me, they don't want to play for me. <laughs> but on that, like this, this, I love what you're saying, and it's such a bigger picture than just two games of footy at Allegiant Stadium. Isn't oh, it, it is. It's, it's it's so much broader, and I, I probably started talking eighty in, in earnest about this maybe three months ago. So they announced that. And there was a bit of chatter over our, you know, um, message thread or whatever with with the mongrel. Uh, and you know, I, I, I love just you know seeing what's going on. So I stay in the message thread, and then I started talking to AD in earnest about it about three months ago. And he's like, "Look, I've been talking to the NRL. Um, we've got looks like we got nines going on. Looks like we've got women's nines. Looks like we've got a, a masters match going on." And I was like, "Holy shit! Like yeah. this is actually." a really broad program. And as 80 said, I've been the first one to say it's just all about gambling, but hearing that from 80 and with him having that direct contact with the guys from the NRL who are over there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a nice trip to go to, but they're actually over there working. Yeah. 
you know, Bucko's Simon Buxton's a great fella. Um, Castle's a good fella. So, you know, they actually do have this view to try and they're never going to compete mm-hmm. with the NFL, but try and actually, you know, find a, a hole to to fit this game into over yep. there with a population of 350 million people. There, there's a, there's space for it. Well, it's it's that like we say, the building blocks are in place. The money is being spent. It's so interesting to hear just the scope of this beyond beyond those games. But I'm wondering from a spectator point of view, 80, uh, but really appreciate you joining us. But can it can it win them over? Like if you're a if you're a, a, a everyday US sport fan, you're not uh, you know opposed to watching NFL baseball. Oh, a bit of MLR pops up on TV from time to time. Sure, I'll watch that. Can rugby league grab you? And, uh, you know, we've got Russell Crowe saying there's, you know, there's four, two sidelines and a tri-line. And this they is don't wear pads. Uh, they yes. belt shit out of each other. That's called a pass. <laughs> that's called a kick. That's a goal. <laughs> is that, is that, is this going to help? Like, is this, is it still a game that's a bit of a gimmick, a bit of a novelty? What needs to happen on the field on the weekend when these four teams go out there to win this market over or at least begin that journey? Well, I, I think... When people see the game in the flesh, I mean, I, I've grown up with rugby league since I was, you know, four or five years old. My uncle used to coach Keithley back in in the day, and my dad used to take me to watch Great Britain Australia test matches. Yeah, we always lost, but you know, this is the way it is. Um, but seeing the game in the flesh to me is entirely different to watching it on the TV. You know, I think you get a true understanding of the size of some of these players, the speed that they play at, and the skill levels that they've got. Obviously, that's got to translate into good TV coverage. Um, and if, uh, you know, Peter Vlandy is going to pull off what we hope, which is, you know, m- minimum one game a week on primetime TV in America here, people will watch it and go, shit, what's this? Uh, and I really like it and I really enjoy it um, because of that intensity. And I think that there are definitely some similarities to, the NFL in terms of like the, the, the big hits, which, you know, everybody likes to promote. Um, obviously, the speed in which it's played, the fact that, you know, rugby league is very similar to the four downs that you would get versus his six players. So yeah. I think there are some similarities there. And I thought um, the job that Russell Crowe uh, Russell Crow did was a really good analysis and explanation to the game. And, you know, somebody starting out over here, you play them that video, they go, cool, right? I have an idea what I'm doing now. Um, and get a minute. That's interesting. So. It, it kind of had to be, didn't it? It kind of had to be, here's here's rugby league from a, a rugby league for dummies, basically. Yeah, yeah. It, it had to be. Hey, uh, big shout out, Aidy, to the Keithley Cougars over there in England, mate. You're his junior team and senior team. Yeah. Big shout out. The Cougars. Um, Aidy, I want to ask you about your shirt. You need to stand yes. up and, and spread that shirt out <laughs> yes. because, you know, we talked about we talked about mongrel and quite often people say the LA mongrels. Oh, this gets you, doesn't it? When it's it? like saying the Melbourne Storms. I had to say to our producer, Luke, uh, before you arrived today, yeah. for the love of everything, don't say mongrels because Manning will walk out. Well, let's have a look at 80's shirt. 80, mongrel. I love this now. Tenacity, stubborn determination, a colloquial variant of the term doggedness used largely in Australia and New Zealand in the context of sports. Used in a sentence, the team that won the game, the team won the game by showing more mongrel. Now, AD, uh, we've had many conversations with many people about calling it 
mongrel, and it's not singular because it's a mentality. Tell me about mongrel mentality. Yeah, I don't, you know, this is brand new T-shirt, fresh off the press today. And Available I, for purchase. I did it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, you know, ship worldwide. No worries. <laughs> yeah, are you um, getting a kickback here? Yeah, I'm, right. <laughs> I'm happy to. But, you know, I, I always talk about, uh, I talk to my teams about this, and it's, you know, it's an attitude. Um, and when the going gets tough, being able to dig deep and, and scrap through a little bit, you know, um, we're not, we're made up of different people, different backgrounds, working class, lawyers, beauticians, you name it, we've got every gamut. Um, but we all come together and we all fight for each other. And, and that to me is that, you know, that mongrel mentality of, you know, regardless of what we're facing, whether it's trying to find players, whether it's trying to find money, whether it's trying to, you know, fight on the field, we've got, we've got to push through. Um, so, you know, we, we've been, a few people have pushed, you know, well, mongrels is more, there's more than one. It's like, we're not a pack of dogs, you know, you know, it's, it's all up here. God damn it. I love That's that. beautifully said, that Eddie Kearney. This has been uh, hugely insightful. The the big week. It's so good to hear about the bigger picture, mate. Thank you for taking the time. What what time is it now? How long we how long we bailed you up for? We, just for those that are just seeing the episode, eighty poor eighty's been waiting for about an hour before we got to him as well. So it's been worth the wait though, hasn't it, Coach? Hey, I had a full out of air before. I <laughs> 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 hey, had time to print the shirt and yeah, everything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Should I? I could put an LA Mangle shirt on here. <laughs> hey. Uh, they are available for purchase, right? Uh, they will be this week. I will yep. be launching them around our store and just, you know, right around the corner from the NRL game. So um, we do ship worldwide. They're print to order, so they'll always be available. Tell me the social media handle so so anyone who's listening can follow the guys at the LA Mongrel. Yeah, LA underscore Mongrel for um, Instagram and X or Twitter and, and LA Mongrel on Facebook. Uh, you can find us at lamongrel.com. Um, you can find Pacific Coast Rebel League at pacificcoastrl.com. Um, and obviously up there you'll have links to all of the other teams in there as well. So, you know, it's not just about me, although appreciate the, the opportunity, but, you know, the league is uh, a bigger picture and, you know, we've got some, some really good guys involved across all of our teams. You know, Ben's doing a fantastic job down in San Diego. In San Diego, yep. Um, and they're both just starting out and, you know, the guys up in Northern California are just getting going as well. So super pumped yeah. for, for what we've got. But thank you for the opportunity today. I'll ask you finally, mate, very simple question. Will it work? Will Will Peter Valandis expand this empire? I think it will. I think, it, you know, if they're, they're, they're going to put $200 million into it. Um, and, they, you know, everybody said here, you need to have something to look at and to, to kind of, build from and this is a perfect opportunity to do that if people see pathways and opportunities that one day i might make it out there then you'll start to see more grassroots growth of the game on the back of it but you've got to have that high level visibility of the game for us all to see it on a you know week-to-week basis and then people will start going this is fantastic i want to go watch state of origin in australia as my holiday next year instead of them coming to vegas and then you come and chat with us in person in yeah. the studio, bro. How does that sound? Yeah. All Fantastic. Right. AD Cooney, head coach of the LA Mongrel, president of the Pacific Coast Rugby League. Rugby League tragic and 
You know what, eighty Guys like you do not grow on trees. I want to thank you for joining us today, brother. Uh, all the very best. And, man, I can't wait to hear about how this entire week goes. Uh, it's, it's fucking Christmas for you, bro. So go enjoy it. Man. Yeah, enjoy, mate. Yeah, thank you. Don't tell your wife, that, though. Don't tell your wife how much you're putting in. The podcast as well. Thanks, mate. Good on you, Eddie. Appreciate you joining us. Yeah, give him a, give him a round yeah, of applause. Of First round of applause on the Grapple Podcast. First guest. First guest. What a coup. We got the head coach of the LA Mongrels for our very first episode. Massive get. Oh, and, and you know what? It's so much because, you know, you can, you can look up NRL Vegas and you can read all about what's happening in those couple of games of footy on the weekend. But I love what he's speaking about. That bigger picture is it, it's bigger than I thought it was. Man, I it didn't realise. It just fired me up. That I, know, I got I got the I got the yeah. shivers. Yeah. It's not the beautiful aircon in here. No, it's eighties words. Unbelievable. It's fantastic. So look, Vegas is happening. The Grapple Podcast is happening. My name's Joel Sperber, joined by Johnny Manning. We're decked out in LA Mongrel Kit, and I'm keeping this now after hearing what AD well, had mate, to say. We're, we're, we're the Australian chapter of the Mongrel uh, fan club. It used to be just me. Oh, Ty Linegar, if Three. you're listening. Ty Linegar in Sydney, my buddy Ty. Okay. Shout out. Oh, no. Yeah, Ty, yeah. yeah. I love Ty. There's yeah. a little bit to do with this podcast, potentially, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. three of us now, yeah, so that's yeah. awesome. Let's have a quick look uh, at the games themselves. Uh, Changing the gears. Let's... let's Broncos were playing a bit of NFL at training the other day. I saw Mam find Sailor, find uh, Tristan Sailor. I think Marty Tapao found Reese Walsh as well on a bit of a a flag route there. Wasn't terrible. uh, Bit of an in and out route. Um, Those... You ever you ever watch on social media the um, quarterbacks or receivers talking about their their you know their plays and their route trees and things like that? It's another language. There's mm. there's a, there's a clip going around. I digress for a minute. A clip going around right now, um, pre Super Bowl. You got Sean Payton, head coach of the Denver Broncos, um, Super Bowl winning coach with uh, New Orleans, Eli Manning, dual Super Bowl MVP, and Daniel Jones, current New York Giants quarterback. Daniel Jones is young. They're talking to a host and asking them questions. And then Peyton and Eli start talking about Eli's Super Bowl winning pass to Plasco Burris in the 2008 Super Bowl where they mm-hmm. beat the Patriots. And they start talking because Sean goes, actually, I remember watching that. And you know, was that an X route or, or did you call a zero? And, and Eli's going, actually, no, no, no. And they just start putting words together that have no, absolutely no business being joined together in a sentence. Okay. It's just a jumble of words that they are talking to each other, they know exactly what they're saying. The host is lost like that. And even the current quarterback, you can see him just sink back into his chair. He's got no idea what these guys are talking about. And they have this entire <laughs> conversation about, you know, Z fly yep. X, you know, I knew there was pressure coming from this spot. And it's this unbelievable language that, you know, you, you just feel left out yeah. if you don't speak it. Well, I love what you said. You said that before. The technical aspect of it is so immense that, you know, like we love saying about rugby league, rugby league is a simple game. NFL is pretty complicated one. It's and finding super- an athlete that can do it. Well, well, to, to be an, a, an NFL quarterback, you've almost got to be some kind of savant. Mm. You know, um, if you watch that quarterback TV show, you see that uh, Kirk Cousins would read his plays into his phone bang the headphones and start driving around, all the plays that are on his armband, X, Y, Slant, Z, X, Liberty, you know, all these different packages and combinations. They have to know exactly what that is. And then their decision-making, once the ball snapped, think about having minimum of four, six foot five, 300-pound lunatics, their sole goal in life is to to destroy you you. as much as they possibly can. And you've got these seconds to go through, okay, is he open? Is he open? He's not open. 
but that's not the end of his route. I know where he's going to be. He will be open. He'll get like, there. You know what I mean? It's crazy. It's incredible. Even watching Patrick Mahomes in that in that Super Bowl, like the game of his life, another game of his life, but sackings as well. Like they're, they're, they're absolutely hunted species. And, and, and casual. So relaxed. It's like this, the clock's ticking down at the end of extra time. He's like, oh, just, I didn't give a shit. Just relaxing. Oh, yeah, I think we're going to win, oh, win it right here. It. Yeah. Hey, but, hey, you know, so, on that, Jared, yeah. we said that he who must be not be named, Jared yeah. Hayne, who is going over? Let's talk, let's talk top flight NRL. Who could make it? Who could make it? A a a fit and hardened Latrell Mitchell could. Mitchell, okay. Now, reason being because of because of his measurables, right? He he would no doubt have a pretty good vertical. He's about six four, right? He can run, run very well, run very well. He can change direction. He's got good hands. He's got all those things that okay, tick, 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 tick. Now can we put that all those physical attributes in a, a game like situation? So he'd he'd be one that you'd probably go, maybe him. Um, Suali, he's he's come up a little bit just for that athleticism. Suali would be one they would go for purely yep. because height, size, speed, yep. agility, all of those things. Okay, we'll, we'll give him a look. Um, Someone who hasn't mentioned it, Reese Walsh, is basically I, over there going, "Hey, hey, yeah, check me out." I, 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 I mean, sure I'm not I convinced. Walsh has the physical stature to mm-hmm. do it. You get some smaller guys over there. Like there's a guy called Darren Sproles who played for Carolina Panthers and New Orleans and a few other teams. He was very, very small. But you don't get too many Muggsy Bogues okay. like yep. players over there. You know, you know, there's Muggsy Bogues and there might be, um, you know, is it D Brown? Okay. There's only a few guys under six foot in the NBA, just like the NFL. You only get a couple of guys who are smaller than everyone else and still manage to to get past it. Maybe Reese might be a little bit lacking in that physical stature. A couple of Alfie Langers, if, if you're yeah, lucky. Yeah, yeah. Mate, lucky. I tend to think Joey Manu could probably, yeah, do, Joey Manu. He could probably do anything he wanted to. Yeah, That guy, honest. I kind of feel like he's the guy, if you put a cricket bat in his hand, he's playing first drop for the Black Caps. What about Saab for speed? Yes, yeah, Saab. Saab might want to put on a little Saab. bit of weight, but he'd be a, he'd be a, a good wide receiver. Yeah. Um, if you look at the forwards, I don't think we've got any linemen in there because both O-line and D-line men, you know, Maybe one of the Burgess boys as a young man could okay. have played in, in one of the lines. Maybe O-line, not D-line. Um, is there anyone there who I could see as a, as a sort of a middle linebacker or an edge rusher? Maybe not at this point, but that's just off the top of my head. There might be someone in there who could sort of fly around and spy the quarterback a little bit. You know, those middle linebackers got to have a bit of size mm-hmm. to to hit the running back and potentially get through a block from an O-line, but then they've got to have a bit of speed to foot it with a with a slot receiver or a tight end or something like that. So I don't know. Someone like, okay, we spoke about size just quickly. He's he's even smaller than Reese Walsh, but as far as footwork and, and being able to just disappear in front of you, and Ezra Mam or something like that, is he just, is he far too small when, you, when you're sort of grading that minimum I, size? I, I mean, I think so. I mean, you know, AD spoke about them having a rugby league combine. They do an NFL combine. It's on... This week. Yeah. Uh, it's in Chicago. So basically all the college players who are nominating for the draft go to one town, they go to a field and they go through all this testing. Um, a lot of it's physical. There's some, you know, s- psychological testing. They do a lot of, um, oh, you know, like probably that profs questionnaire or shit like that they yeah. go through. But you do a 40, 40 yard sprint. You do um, a broad jump, a vertical uh, max on 220, which is 100 kilos. Mm-hmm. Get your max out of bench on that. But they also measure your height. They measure your hands. You know, basically measure the entire part of your body. They'll, they'll probably look at your parents as well. Is this kid still got some growing to do? Yep. So if you are small, you're starting from behind. Yep. Because America's so big, 
if you're five foot seven and doing a 4.25 40 yard dash, there's someone who's 6'3", who's probably doing it. Or someone who's 6'2", okay. who's doing it. So they've got those attributes. You saw it with the, Bron- the Broncos. The Brisbane Broncos went and had the VIP night at, in, at Lakers HQ. Mm. And big pain Haas, huge unit in the NRL, is sitting there just going, holy shit balls. Look he, at the size of these dudes. He could probably do something in, yep. in the NFL. Because I, I put him in the same boat as Joey Marnie. I think he could probably do anything. I think people, when they see his motor... When they see his his, I, I'm not I'm not going to stop. I'm yeah. just going to go all day. Yeah, and, and I mean NFL's not about the size of your motor, but it's about the size of your, you know. Can you keep doing it down after down after yep. down after down? You know, interesting. Interesting. For everyone that could make it there, there are a few that have made it here, Johnny. A yeah. couple of a uh, couple of uh, well, three three born and bred Americans have played in Australia. We've got 1953, one of the tours mm-hmm. when they came over. He Al Kirkland, his name was. He played the 19. 19- 56 season with the Parramatta Eels as mm. an outside back. Manfred Moore, you would have heard of Manfred, yeah, Manfred Moore, Moore, Newtown. Now, that's yeah. 1977. And can I name the other one off the top of my head? Go, let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Is it Greg Smith? It is 100%. <laughs> now, I love that you've named that because Greg Smith, famously, <clears throat> he trialed for the Philadelphia Eagles before coming home. Newcastle? Played a game. One game for played the Played a Newcastle game for the Knights. Knights. Yeah. 1999. So not was that it, long ago. Was it 99? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So there you go. So that and then and then these days, I love that uh, AD was talking about this as well. Players that are sort of going, oh, you know what? There's a bit going on in Australia. A few of them are backing themselves. We had a fella uh, pl- come up and train with us at the Mongrel. His name, his name was Max. Can't remember his surname. But he he turned up and I'm like, this guy is yoked. Like he was jacked. Got him on the field. I'm like, man, this dude can move, mm. right? Had never played any sort of rugby union before or rugby league before. So didn't know about staying behind for the for, for a pass and got a little bit lost in the training session. I, I looked at his social media after that session. It was him in a Miami Dolphins kit. Oh, wow. So I don't think he ever played NFL, but he might have played a couple of trial games and been on a practice squad for the yep. Miami Dolphins. But this guy was – I was like, my word, this guy's an athlete. And I guess what that does to me – does for me is illustrate – the caliber of athlete out there that's not getting to play top level sport that is lost to the sport potentially after high school or after college. And I think that's a sweet spot for the NRL Yep. to look at those guys who don't get picked up by a D one college, but do have that, um, those physical attributes and those ball sports abilities. And then obviously out of college, if you're not getting drafted, what are you doing? You're going to the Canadian football league or the uh, XFL, which I don't know if that's even still going anymore. Maybe rugby league's a place for you. Okay, not MLR, put it that way. But you know, the co- it's interesting because I, I'm. Will the game translate? I've I've had a little bit of concern about how uh, physically ready this time of the season, the timing of it. It's great to start the season over there from a PR point of view, but from a player readiness point of view, are they are they fit enough? Are they strong enough? Are they battle hardened enough to get out there? They're all taking it seriously enough, getting out, doing the training camps, that sort of thing. But I think the product, as AD alluded to, needs to be massive. There's a few players. Featuring in that combine, who are genuinely like, we want to go. Well, and if they do dangle that carrot, you're going to come. You, two, two of you guys are going to come and train with an NRL team. Yep. If you dangle that carrot, you're going to get a high quality of athlete turning up to that combine. Maybe not this year, but this is a five year deal, right? And this, I, I think the learnings they're going to come away with, okay, we can do this 100% better next year. Okay. You know, not saying they're not doing it well now, but I feel like they're going to come back with, oh, my word, you know, the, the learnings that we get. Uh, will improve the entire event exponentially. 
Well said. Really well said. The Grapple Podcast. And, and they'll have that video on loop. This is a pass. Yeah, our, our video. This is a This kick. video here. Yeah, well, yeah, oh, no, ours as well as Russell Crowe's. Yeah. Yeah. But look, a um, couple of good games, though. Roosters, yeah. Roosters Broncos, Manly, Bunnies. Um, both all teams... You know, round about full strength. Tommy Turbo returns from Manly. He's back. He's got them. He's got them like a lot of people saying, give them a run. Give them a give them a, a long run this year if he stays fit. As they say pretty yeah. much every year when will he's he, fit, but will he stay fit is the question. You know what I love about that Manly team? Three Trebojevic's in the starting 13. Yeah. It takes my mind back to, you know, when there was three Walters playing for Australia. Yes. And even, I'm pretty sure, I know it was South Sydney. But it might have been at the Broncos first when three Walker boys played in the one team for the for the. I know they definitely happened at South Sydney. Yep. But ben, uh, Chris I think and it would Shane have, yeah. trotting out together. Ben, like, ben was locking down the Broncos for quite a period, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Then he went to to Manly for a while and then yeah. to South Sydney. So yep. yeah, all just wildly talented footballers. Oh, those Walker the speed boys. of Chris Walker. Just, Something else. They made me sick playing against them. They were that good. But you know what? For all the established stars like. Uh, the Tommy Trebojeviches, the Reese Walshes of the world. There's a couple that are having the ultimate experience. I want to talk about. Tell me about this. Fletcher Baker yeah. making his NRL debut yes. in Las Vegas. That is bullshit. Off the bench for the Brisbane Broncos. Where do you go from there? How does that? How does that happen? Where do you go? Like, what an right. off season this kid has had, though. You, you retire. <laughs> <laughs> one and done. Do it, Greg Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, enough. Do you remember your debut? My NRL debut? Yeah, was yes. It? Yeah, I'm yes, sure I, you would. Yeah, I do. I it wasn't do. in Vegas, but yeah, give us a quick Mate, recap. I, I, I was um, five weeks, five or six weeks back from a shoulder reconstruction. And I, it, it was when um, the Cairns Cyclones were our feeder team. Not, not the Northern Pride, the precursor. Yeah, right. The Cairns Cyclones. And um, so I'd be training in, um, in Townsville and on the Wednesday night, or Wednesday, Tuesday night, or whatever it was, you'd fly up to Cairns, or, or drive up to Cairns and join the the Cyclones. So, I, so I played one game of local league for the mighty University Saints, then um, went up to play for Cairns, and it was just this one week where we were at training, and um, it was the end of Tuesday training, and Sheensy's um, uh, named this team, and then he's grabbed me and he said, "You're not going to Cairns tomorrow." This is Tim Sheens. Sorry. Um, he said, you're not going to Cairns tomorrow. I'm like, why not? He goes, oh, I just need you to hang around. I'm like, oh, okay, no worries. So I, you know, didn't think I was any chance of playing first grade yeah. at that, that weekend. So we go through Wednesday's day off, go through Thursday training, get to Friday. We train on Friday. And he, naming the final teams, there's a few injuries. I think Brett Hetherington was injured and it, he couldn't finish the Friday session. So um, I'm sitting around, I'm, I'm like, probably like, got a bit of grass you know poking it in my shoe as he's naming the team and and he gets to like number 17 and he goes and uh and mano you'll be playing and i don't i'm not even sure if i heard i'm like did hang on did what i just happened? dream him saying my name <laughs> i don't want to act you know what i'm just like hey, you know the whole barry sanders thing just pretend like you've been there before yeah and i'm like hey. and then a few people turn around there's a bit of a, yeah yeah Mano's gonna be making his debut this weekend and i'm like oh shit and then i think okay who are we playing again? Yeah. <laughs> it's 1999, right? Picture the year, 1999. Okay, yeah, I'm there, I'm there. And it's uh, in August, 99. So it's coming up to okay, about, getting, about a month yeah. out from finals. It's getting serious. Melbourne Storm. You're joking. No. <laughs> right? Eventual premiers. And then, get this. I was named to start in the front row. You, okay, you play, okay, you debuted against Glenn Lazarus. I was against the brick. 
I was 100 kilos ringing wet. Yeah. And I'm named at number 19 or whatever number it was, starting in the front row. And I'm like, you know, you know when you get nervous and it feels like your entire insides are going to spew out your... That was me. I was like, oh, shit. So I went home and I called my parents and my brothers. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm making my first grade debut tomorrow. I don't remember much about that night. I, I, I'm a pretty good sleeper, right? I mm -hmm. don't lose a lot of sleep. So I slept and everything. Woke up the next morning. You just go through your game day ritual, your food and everything. But you're actually going to play first grade rugby league that, that night. You're going to realize your childhood dream. And I turned up to the stadium and um, Heatherow was right to play. Brad Heatherington was... Oh. was so... There was mis there was two other guys named on an extended bench, good friends of mine, Greg Burke and Lee McWilliams, and um, one of us was going to miss out. And Berkey had played first grade before, and I think Lee Mack had made his debut earlier in the year. So I'm getting dressed, and I'm like, "Wow, you know, Heather it might playing. not be me. Yeah, I'm not playing. You know, okay. it's going to be Berkey and Lee Mack. It's not going to be me. Yeah. And okay, everyone go for a warm up, and I'm like, "Am I not being told if I'm playing yet?" I'm like, "All right." When I warmed up, you know. Basically held the pads for everyone during warm-up. Did very little of a warm-up myself. And then there's in the stadiums at, uh, I think it was Dairy Farmer Stadium at the time, whatever, the, the old stadium yep, in town. Yep, yep. There was just like this little sort of room off to the side from um, the dressing room in between like the toilets. And the three of us were sitting in there like we were waiting to see who was going to have to walk the plank. Yeah. And um, I think he just came in and said, you two are playing. And poor old Berkey had to go and... Um, get undressed and so I, that's how i made my first grade debut off the bench name to start off the bench and um i still remember after the game taking off my jersey and i had a proper like uh nike boot print on my chest yeah you could probably almost see the nike swoosh of glenn lazarus because i went up to hit him and i just bounced straight off and he just put his foot on my chest on the way through yeah, unstoppable force. Yeah, just it's it like sorry, future senator. Yeah, it was crazy, unbelievable, very, very difficult to tackle. Was the brick with eyes, but they had yeah, yeah. Robbie Kearns, Tawera and Nick. Oh, Howe, mate, um, yeah. you know Richard Swain, Paul Marquette, Rodney yep. Howe. This was a Richard team. Swain, one of the great number nines yeah. at, at the peak of his powers. That premiership side, absolutely crafting the, the great Rusty Bowden. Oh, Russell Bowden, yeah, of course. Yeah. Anyway, Robbie Ross? We yeah, Robbie Ross was fullback. Yeah. Murley was in the centres. Um, oh, Matty Guyer, of course. Yeah, Buffalo was coach there. The Currumbin, and, uh, Currumbin Eagles as and, well. Uh, they only beat us by four points, 26-22. Well, you know, you got a souvenir on the... Eventual premiers. Yeah. We took to the... Uh, Brian Jellick scored a couple of great tries for us. The Melbourne Storm, second-year premiers. Not, uh, not jealous as all as a Broncos fan. It took us five years, but that's all right. Now... The, uh, the Grapple podcast, it's been great. Let's get back to Australia. We're very excited about Vegas, but some sad news in uh, Australian rugby league circles and indeed around the world. A guy who played a huge role, uh, especially in Queensland, but also over in the UK, Johnny uh, Redcliffe, uh, QRL, Queensland Rugby League, and of course, Castleford over, and the South Queensland Crushers, I should say as well, the Mighty Crushers, uh, Daryl Vanderveld. Passing away at 72 years of age. You knew him personally. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew Daryl. He was very, very... He played in Mackay in the 70s in my hometown. Um, and he left an amazing legacy in Mackay. But he was best friends with my high school football coach, Mickey April, who passed away probably about 18 months ago. And Daryl spoke at his funeral. Um, very softly spoken man, Daryl, but commanded your mm. attention. Big hands, very direct stare. He had at you and was just a... You know, a big fella as well, but a statesman of the game and um, a wonderful 
advocate of junior players, you know, coming through. When he was at the Crushers as an administrator, he brought a stack of guys from my school to the – didn't bring me. Didn't pick me, but that's okay. That's okay. But, uh, so I'm not bitter about it. You're good. <laughs> that's all right. Um, but he, uh, you know, he, he, he was very, very good at, at recognising talent. He was a really good administrator, and he was just a really good bloke. Yeah. And I've, I've heard that, that his passing was quite sudden as well. So it's, it's a really, really sad story. And, you know, he's going to be – there'll be a, a field or a medal or a trophy or something named after oh, him. Oh, absolutely. Such as his impact on the game rugby league, especially here in Queensland. Well, they'll BRL too. East, South, yeah. Redcliffe Dolphins, of course, yeah. uh, in their long history. He's one of the standouts as well. And uh, Castleford, Hutt, Huddersfield, Warrington, and the guy who got Alfie Langer – over to Warrington as well. Oh, yes, of course yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Alfie, obviously, you know, like so many people, absolutely rattled by yeah. by his passing suddenly. But uh, Valet, and, and rest in peace to the great Dale Vandervelde, who's passed away age 72. And it's great to hear that insight, mate, yeah. when you hear someone who's had, had a bit to do with him. But you know what? He didn't take you down to the crushes. You could have gone to him years later and said, showing him that Nike imprint <laughs> and gone, you could have had this, Daryl. That could have been yeah, yours. Yeah, he, he said we still wouldn't have wanted it. <laughs> Uh, okay, the trials are over. NRL action not too far away, Johnny. Really quickly, your take on the trials. Did, they, did you get anything out of it? No, no. I mean, we got two ACLs out of it. We got Tommy yeah. Gilbert and Cohen Hess. And I'm not jumping up and down saying we shouldn't play these trials. You've got to play the trials. But, man, that is heartbreak Isn't for those it? guys. Tommy Gilbert just coming off the back of his shoulder reconstruction. I'm devastated for that fella. He's yeah. a, just a born competitor. And... Um, oh, and he loves that jersey. He 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 fit into that jersey and begun owning that Dolphins jersey quick smart last well, year. He, he also had a mortgage on a Maroons jersey 100%. as well. So, you know, he, he'd had such amazing impact. Cohen Hess is going to be a huge loss for the Cowboys. Now, on the field, he does a great job. But his real, uh, you know, contribution comes at training. He's the energizer budding at training. He brings that energy. He's always, he's always happy. He's got a great demeanor about him. He's as Big as a house. Mm -hmm. He's strong. He trains hard. He's fit. He really brings the boys together. He gives the show the coach a bit of shit when he needs to. Yep. He's that kind of guy. That so he's is, kind of a good middleman. He's just gonna be sorely missed around that that playing group, and um, I'm absolutely shattered for the both of them. These are two young players, and I love that you pointed it out that have had some pretty, you know, lofty accolades early on. Tommy Gill, but Cohen Hess as well played Origin when he was really young. Yeah, they've both had a, a bit of a trot. Uh, Tommy Gilbert, as you said, coming off that shoulder, now the knee. How do you how do you stay? Like how do you come back on the you know it's Ryan so Pappenhausen, hard. great it's example. So hard. How do you do it? It breaks a lot of guys. Yeah. I mean, it ultimately broke me. You know, I thir my third ACL. I just couldn't do it again. Yeah. And do I look back and say, "Geez, I wish I could." Maybe I do, but at the time, I was like, "I can't do this again." Mm -hmm. It it is so hard. It's made. A lot easier nowadays, you know, because you do have a lot of support around you. But when, when, mate, when I was injured, you would get treated like a leper at the footy club. Now, a lot of the players wouldn't want to be around you because literally no one wants to be around the sad sack injured guy and you think their luck's going to rub off on you. That's, that's the God's that's honest. That's how superstitious it is. God's honest truth. You know, no one wants to be around the injured guy. So you yeah. you take solace with the the other guys who are injured. You become really, really tight with everyone else in the injury crew because no one else wants to fucking know anything yeah. about you. Become a pariah. I, wow. I can remember getting getting forgotten about for a team photo. When you're I was, kidding. Once when I was injured. So hang on, you're there with your kit ready to no, go. No, I turned up to train because you, you 
you injury guys train at different times. Yeah, yeah. I turned up to train and I saw the team all coming in in their kit and I'm like, what are you guys doing? And I said, oh, team photo. They just had the team photo and they'd forgotten about me. <sighs> so it is so hard. Yeah. So there's that element. Then there's the element about how do I come back? Am I going to be the same player? The the head noise about starting to run again on that knee and mm. you feel like it's going to snap at any given time. It is so hard. So really fascinating to hear that about the club because if anything, you'd, you'd expect that to become the cocoon. I, I think it, it's probably better now. Yep. But that's a little bit of my experience. What about the NRL? Player welfare-wise, you're out. Is there any 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 provision or anything helping you out there? Is it all just sort of... Not, not when I was around, no. Yep. No, no, no. No, but there, there are things in place right now where their their um, salary and wages are protected to an extent, yeah. Yep. Well, look, Tommy Gilbert, Cohen Hess, uh, never never good to see. Massive pre-seasons for both of them. Big years ahead, especially, as we say once again, Tommy Gilbert coming back from that shoulder, now gone for the season. So, look, didn't love that about the trials. Did love the Brisbane Broncos picking up that 100 grand. And maybe um, we saw a few young guys who are going to, you know, potentially make an impact this year. Yeah. Jackson Purdy for the Broncos, Young Strange for the Raiders look really, really good. Um, so maybe we sort of got a bit of an idea of the depth that's mm -hmm. around some of the teams. But, you know, the the first probably week or two of the NRL, they're almost the trials these days. You want to hit the ground running, mm. but you'll see a lot of teams potentially just feeling their way through what's going on. I mean, the Panthers even lost the World Club Challenge. Controversial. You know, so. Controversial. Oh, oh, my word. What a diabolical, absolute... Shit sham. show? Sham. Sham, that was. Anyway. That's a strange decision. It reminded me of a try. Kerrod Walters scored a try. I think we're going back to 1992 when he has basically thrown the ball over the line. Uh, done the old arm out and just... You know what? I can't quite reach, so I'm going to baseball toss it I, I can over the line. I can remember Peter Jackson <laughs> in support. <laughs> and the wide shot shows as he as he's trying to ground the ball. Peter Jackson goes, "Oh ah! no!" I mean, like that. yeah. And then old Hollywood Bill Harrigan. <laughs> and then Karen, the look on Karen Walton's face is like, "What?" I'll take it—an <laughs> absolute travesty. But that's what happened to the Panthers uh, going down to Wigan, the World Club Challenge, on the back of some shit house calls, and a, a ball clearly. Clearly not over the trial. Not even close to try, it. But that's all right. Not sure. even close. Anyway. Uh, we'll look into that. Uh, the Cowboys NRLW. You mentioned Jackson Purdue. Big raps as yep. well. But they've also secured a new coach. Uh, Rick Henry, of course. Uh, making yeah. way up. Coming from the Kiwi Ferns. I think yep. that's a pretty bloody good get for the NRLW side. I think it's really good. Shows the, the growth that's happening in that game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some, there's some good good coaches getting around. Yeah, there some is. quality players yeah. as well. I was talking about that before. Liz Tafuma, that's the name I wanted to mention just quickly. She, like, she's got the American, the Sevens background, a little bit of rugby union, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Got parachuted into the Kiwi Ferns extended squad for the last World Cup. Did okay. We're still like, which way is, where's that? Where, who's, yeah, what's yeah, that yeah. ball? Uh, is now part of the combine over there and, and is leading the charge saying, come with me, come and come to Australia. If we can get there, let's let's get a big flock of American athletes over there and see what we can do. Wow. Uh, she's based in America, but got the Kiwi, the Maori heritage. But yeah. it's extraordinary to see. It really is. I, I'm just going, just loving to see where this journey leads. This American odyssey, it's going to be fascinating. It is fascinating. Quick tips. Oh, uh, okay. Who, who knows? Uh, I think um, I think the Roosters get the Broncos. And, and, and by no means any indication of uh, the Roosters finishing above the Broncos. I think the Roosters are going to have a big year, but I think they, they get them. And I think South Sydney get Manly. Okay. But Tommy Turbo could just become, you know, some kind of freak of nature and 
turn that entire game on its head. Who knows? This gives us something to throw eggs at each other on the nep- well, next episode because I'm going Broncos. Yeah, I, and can I just, you know, bookend what I'm saying? Yeah. With the fact that I'm a terrible judge. You're going to die on the hill I'm nonetheless. A, no, no, no. I'm a horrible judge. <laughs> Whatever I pick, the opposite's going to happen. Biggest signing of the year. Quick predictions. Oh, uh, as in who who's going to be the best buy of yeah, the year? Yeah, best buy of the year. Best buy of the year. Luke Brooks. Luke, oh, good I think call. He's gonna, I think he's going to find some real form uh, outside DCE. Yeah, I, I like that. That's a good yeah. one. I like Avarillo. I like Jake. I like I the, love that Avarillo. signing. He's gone under the radar with Farnworth and Flegler going to the Dolphins, but I really like Jake Avarillo. I think he can make that his own and he, go to some great He's a quality heights. player. Worst signing? Uh, I don't want to go into who's going to be the worst signing. I mean... You know, that you're saying someone's going to go somewhere and not succeed. I don't really want to. You don't want to be negative. No, I don't think there's any point in doing that. I mean, okay. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like there are no worse signings. Well, th- there's going to be one, but it might not. It might not be saying that they go and play shit, but it just doesn't. It doesn't work out. It's not the best move for them. Oh. They might go on and prosper elsewhere. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, you I want mean, to stay out of it? Yeah, I'll, I'll stay out of that. You one. stay out of that you, one. You could pick that one. I, I'm a. I'm a little bit on the fence with that one. I. I, I think. Uh, Anyone could work on any given day. And, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, no, I don't know. I'd yeah, like, I'd like it's a tough one. Well. It's, it's like that whole rugby league uh, week player poll when they do who, who's the most overrated. I don't like that. Whenever, no, 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 whenever, no, whenever no. they ask me that, I'd decline to answer. No, no, yeah, that's, bu- that's bullshit. No, I, I, more in a context of is it going to fit into the, the culture of the club, the way the club plays, all of that sort of thing. But I don't think the club's spending the amount of time Look, recruiting. Th- th- there's going to be a question mark next year over Luai, you yeah. know, leaving that machine that is Penrith and going to the the project mm-hmm. that is the West Tigers. So that's so that's a year away, but that's going to be a, an interesting. He could be their best signing ever or he could be a bust. We don't know. Could go, could go anywhere. Yeah. Could be the West Panthers before too long <laughs> and the Canterbury Panthers as well. <laughs> Parramatta West. Any Penrith code jumpers Panthers. you see in advance? Well, Obviously, we've got RTS coming back for the Warriors. Yeah, and we've got uh, Nakanta Kinawasa. Yep. I said that name wrong. You it sounded like a swear word. But uh, Nawa, na, Mark Nawa Katinawase. I knew uh, it on the weekend. Yeah, me I too. Could, I, could, I could say it on the weekend. He's fast. He's yeah. fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a quality player as well. And obviously, so that's a bit of a swap with him and Swali'i. Yep. The, the hate for Swali'i has been absolutely unwarranted. Mm-hmm. And I will stand up and argue till I'm blue in the face that what he's doing is amazing I'm and awesome. I'm fine with it. Yeah. And, and, you know, he should be in every Roosters team pick between now and when he leaves. I really hope he is. I really hope he is. Because this is a, this is, this sort of shit, like, going all the way back to the Sonny Bill, the Canterbury thing. I, I remember Justin Hodges, 2002. He didn't jump codes, but he signed with the Roosters. And Wayne Bennett said, fuck you, you're done. Yep. I don't like that sort of shit. Nah. Like, you're there to, and, they, and players like that, it's in your best interest to play them. They're I couldn't agree athletes. more. I couldn't agree more. And and you know what? If a player wants to test himself and go to a different coach, just like any of these these guys want to try their hand at NFL, like whilst I'm saying it's a, it's the Grand Canyon of a chasm, go have a go. Yeah. Go do it. Follow, follow your dream. Be awesome. Get out be there. amazing. Go be fucking amazing. Swing for the fence. That's what I'm saying about Swahili. Go be amazing. Yeah. Dally M? Oh, Dally M. Um, injury's going to play a big part. Origin's going to play a big part. I am going to say, I'm going to go in a limb here. No one's going to like this call. Mm. No one's going to like it, but I reckon he's going to be fit all year. Latrell Mitchell. You're going to go Latrell. A, a fit and a dominant Latrell. A, a fit Latrell playing okay. every week. I think he can win a Dally M. Okay. Yeah. I I love the Broncos, but I genuinely think if he can have another year like he did last year, Reese Walsh will be oh, no arguments here. Hard to tip, hard to top, I should say. No bias here whatsoever, but origin. <laughs> 
Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Okay, Blues. No kidding. Uh, your grand final? Ah, my grand final. I think the Panthers miss out. Yeah, I did too. I, I think. I think. Um, I think it's going to be a 2015 repeat. You're going to cows and really? I think it's going to be a cows Broncos. Extraordinary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it very Once much. Once again, I'm a terrible judge, but I think it's. And I, I mean, I'm a cows man, so I yeah. Got, you know, I don't have to say that, but I actually believe I think they're due for a real bounce back year. Yeah, sure. They're going to okay. miss Cohen Hess. They do have a bit of depth in that yep. space. So Jordan McLean, who, who would have been coming off the bench, will start. Not doing too bad if Jordan McLean's your replacement oh, starting front row. Get him into a Blues jersey. But just give him I, – I was that was another heartbreaking story when yeah, he was yeah, that yeah. close. And to give it, get him in there. I've got a repeat of the 2000 grand final, the Broncos and the Roosters doing the dance. That, that's that's not a silly um, a silly thought either. That could definitely happen. Got a feeling. You never know. Yeah. Grand final entertainment really quickly. Oh, for God's sake. Jimmy Barnes. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> You're spending $200 million going to the U.S., Get the grand final entertainment right. Yeah. Get it right. Usher. You, you're telling us we're bigger than the AFL. Show us. Yeah, spend Go the money. get the Foo Fighters. Go drop whatever it takes. Get the Foo Fighters. I love that. I love that. Go get them. Yeah, they can do Go it. Go knock on Dave Grohl's door and say, hey, we played Allegiant Stadium. See all this fan fit. Come play our grand final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Russell Crowe would have his number. Use Russell. Hugh Jackman would have his number. Yeah. Go get the freaking Foo Fighters, man. This is a pass. This is a kick. This is grand final day. She's a play the ball. Father to a murdered son. Husband to a murdered wife. I will have my vengeance. This is life of the next. This is the Grapple Podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Episode one. Thank you for coming along for the ride, Johnny. Hey, it was great to hear. Give yourself a hand. You're amazing. A little pat on the Absolutely back. Absolutely amazing. Here. It's been good. Big shout out to River City Studios and our our producer, Dally Messenger. I'm not going to say his name, but his nickname's Dally. Yes. You, you will find out. He's unreal. He's, he's awesome. In what he does. He's a wizard back there. It's we might have to pull the curtain back on that one, man. I reckon we'll we carry his face. Yeah, we'll reveal it. We'll reveal it. Like it. Share the wizard. It. Subscribe it. Tarrant. Yeah, it's Gary Freeman. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everyone you know. It's the Grapple Podcast. It's all about rugby league, and we'll get some other sport in as well. Did you get your Mackenzie Arnold Matilda's jersey before they sold out? I'm on the waiting list. Yes, yeah, they sold out. Good. So I love every news outlet in the country, just quickly, was advertising for Nike and Adidas yesterday. It was just brilliant. Was the ABC? Yeah, yeah it sure there was. It sure was. Get, guess what, everyone? This jersey is on sale right now. You're hearing it here on Commercial Free ABC. Everywhere. All around the country. Anyway, it's been fun. We'll see you next time, Johnny. Cheerio. Go uh, Vegas. Amazing. USA. 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 Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> All right. Mic drop. Peace out. Thank you.